Stuart. Hello, how you doing? I'm very good. We're in a very exciting time now, aren't we? It is. We were catching up last week and kind of the conversation started off. So what a better way of capturing a conversation and recording it for everyone in a podcast. Amazing. So how long was it ago? 10 years ago or 12 years ago that we did our last podcast? It's scary. I think 10. I'm going to say 10 because it sounds less daunting than 12 or 13. No worries. Well, at that point, we were looking through businesses from the lens of the mobile age, right? Right. Like that was all about the appification of everything. So why don't we zoom up to like 17th of April, 2023, and now we're in the cognification of everything. So this time that we're alive in is quite a unique point in human history. You're in the States. I'm in Portugal, London, Europe. How do you see things from your side? Like what are the mo- moments you're observing? The speed at which things are changing, I think that's the thing that's kind of sparked off our conversation to begin with more recently. But also it's the thing that is potentially catching everyone off guard, but also given this huge opportunity. So when we're talking about this idea of augmented ideas and augmented age, the opportunity to do almost like strap on superpowers as you need a design okay. superpower, a monitoring superpower, and a, an understanding and comprehension superpower, the speed at which things are changing. So even in the US where the majority of, that's probably wrong. There's a US bias that I've got already. I was going to say that the majority of this is happening, but it's not. It's the majority of the podcast that I'm listening to, the majority of the videos I'm seeing, yeah. the majority of the people I'm hearing talking about over here. So it's probably a bit of a local bias. But it's the two worlds. There's the world where everyone understands what's happening and what will be happening right. and is looking at it now. And it's then very small part. Very small part. And then there's the rest of the world, which is maybe reading about it occasionally in a New York yeah, Times article. But they're going to they're ex, experience it because like, yeah. essentially where we are now on the exponential curve. So the exponential curve is where you've basically got something which is doubling in whatever period of time. So then that's actually like rapidly increasing. And that's where you see this hockey stick like growth, isn't it? And I think we were talking about this before that like before we were traveling in a train along the exponential curve. And then I said that we're now in the elevator. And then I think in our conversation, I was saying, actually, we're in a rocket ship because like the speed right. that it brings doubling now it's creating unparalleled opportunity and consequences. So I think in this podcast, we want to be very specific and very concrete. So the point is, this is going to be like a kind of 30 minute, like essentially like mental stimulation. And we're going to be going through applying this cognification element to existing business books or frameworks to serve as a jumping off point, really, to trigger right new ideas, different elements from there. Because like now you can actually... Now that you don't need as many people for launching a new business, doing a different thing, sales and marketing support, and you know customer support, delivery, your cost structures can be different, which then means you can price differently and still be profitable. So you know, I think that Jason Calacanis was saying that like the opportunity now is in one way to go after Stripe with one tenth the people and at one tenth the cost. You know, so yeah. the, you know, and, and I think like. Yeah. When you think about all of the opportunities or problems or pain points in the business, yeah, mm-hmm. things that have just been difficult to do in the past because either there's been a technological gap or human gap or a practical gap, the opportunity to revisit a lot of things you've potentially dismissed in the past because it's just not feasible to do, it opens up a whole new world, let alone then, of course, the, all of the new opportunities that come up because of where Great. we are. 
So I think one of the best things that I think about is like a long time ago, you know, Jeff Bezos said like, focus on the things that will not change. Right. Right. So like, so, so like we, we look at like, oh my God, software's changing, hardware's changing, but the wetware ain't changing, right? Like the brain is the same. People think and react emotionally. So in this area, what we want to focus on really is like, what's not going to change and what are good frameworks to look at it. So why don't we start with the first book that we were going to kind of talk our way through? Which book is that? So Augmented by Brett King. What I year? think this is. I think this was a great, and your suggestion, I think this was a great idea because 2016, thereabouts, exactly. I think came out. Seven years ago. I know, seven years, that's scary. So when you look at where we were then on the AI journey, there were some AI transcripts, some AI monitoring, very early steps. But the framework still... So your point, the things that, yeah, exactly, still applies. It's just now the opportunity and the rate of change and the speed and the way that we need to, the urgency in which we need to address it. The vector of the impact just went 10x, basically, isn't it, right? right? Like, I mean, the thing is, like, this is such a good book. What I love about it is that it really carefully thought through the different dimensions. And what were the kind of four themes that you saw, basically, from this thing? So I think the four that is kind of built around are these ideas of artificial intelligence, experience design, smart infrastructure, and health tech. So those four areas, so fundamental to- Reshapes the world. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's the building blocks of everything. Almost every business has some element that falls into everything one of these- Everything has an experience. Everything has a customer experience, a digital right customer experience health you have a digital patient journey if you're a good hybrid organization if you're amazon you're offering a one click or whatever like this you know like so i think the experience design is fundamental and artificial intelligence is now just electricity yeah <laughs> right yeah <clears throat> excuse me it's a series of switches that you can turn on and off depending on what the experience is that you're trying to, to add to it i think some of the things that um some of the things back then that really stood out, this idea of big data and the opportunity to collect a lot of information. And mine across it, basically, isn't it, right? right. Like, uh... The thing that's changed, so looking at the 2023 augmented lens now, is that back then it was very much big data, was very much a big organization opportunity. Yeah. And like the Hadoop and all this kind of crazy stuff. We went to some workshops together and it was quite inaccessible to like a kind of business guy basically right you know yeah yeah the small business implication of what would happen day to day was pretty limited i mean you could yeah. see the opportunity and there were little bits and pieces that you could grab hold of in terms of using data sets or allowing access to other people's work to build off but from just the day-to-day -day practicality point of view Couldn't but do the it, difference yeah, it was too much, too much. And the cost was too much and the overhead to set Technical up. resource. Even it. just to start a conversation with a data scientist would cost like your thousands, basically, isn't it? Right. 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 But you look now at some of the larger learning models. And again, it's not exactly off the shelf all the time, but the accessibility in relatively easy ways to say Pretty Lego. all of this information. Pretty Lego. You can build it together. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a great analogy. Thinking about it as Lego blocks, it's not that you're necessarily today buying a finished model off the shelf, no. but the building pieces to to stick it together are there. No, I agree. And I think like one one way that I've been looking at AI is I've been thinking about it a bit like an intellectual submarine. So kind of bear with me. So if you're like on the surface and you I'm very bad swimmer, like if I hold my breath and try and like go down as far as I can, maybe for like 
a few seconds I can go down and then I've got to come back, start coming back up. Right. So my depth, the depth to which I can kind of discover things is limited basically. Right. You know, but like with AI, the amount of data you could aggregate and then you could analyze even for like weak signals. Like imagine in an ocean, you were looking for like tiny particles of the compound trace compound. Basically you would never be able to detect that from like one liter of water, but you could detect that from like, I don't know, like a huge amount if you had the right sensitivity of things. So I see this AI tools as like really an intellectual submarine that we kind of go to a depth and discover new things. Like I remember reading a long time ago about like uh, they were looking for breakthroughs in breast cancer de detection. And normally in pathology, when you are analyzing an area, you basically have the, you cut away the tumor, but you excise and you ignore the transition cells, which is basically right. not tumor, not healthy tissue. It's a bit like when you're driving a sunny area, you drive to a rainy area, you go through that gray bit, right? Yeah. Normally you, you cut that bit away and you ignore it because it's not tumor, but actually, when they analyzed that zone, that had all of the progenitor and all of the prognostic information within that. So what I'm trying to say is that like our kind of like cut and paste or standard ways of analyzing the world are due to our feeding it through our cognitive lens. But right. if we've got AI on it, we don't have to discard anything now. We can put everything into it because we have unlimited bandwidth and processing power, which can be done in quite a low cost way. And I think it just means that we're going to discover a whole load of new things, basically, right? It's that transition piece is a great way of thinking about it because there's processes and procedures that we all do in our business that maybe we don't try and push the edge of, or we make sure that the black and white is very separated from the gray because as the humans dealing with the system, we need that separation. When it's I think about some, yeah, mm -hmm. but it, exactly. It's that um, it either has to be something or not something. The gray area is where things really slow down or get inefficient or the it will change from time to time. It's too kind of subjective, which obviously in some areas you need at the very kind of high touch points. But for the majority of the business processes, that black and white was a lot more uh, was a lot more essential because you just needed to be able to tell people how to do the job in a repeatable way and customers needed to know what to do with the ability to make that gray area a little bit more discernible and reliably discernible so one of the things that you were talking about when we were chatting the other day was that some of the sentiment analysis that was being yeah. done on call recordings you were talking to someone about some training of, of staff yeah exactly yeah so net promoter score is a great black and white idea we ask people questions we give them oh, a like certain the idea to recommend to a friend or a family isn't it right you're asking someone to think about their experience after they've had the experience and reflect on it versus if you actually analyzed and had analytics on the conversations like the voice conversations like are they actually engaged are they enthusiastic are they happy was there measurable evidence of a happy positive outcome because why ask about the thing when you can measure the thing isn't it right you know so yeah it, exactly that moving away from a black and white i'm just asking you for a score to a, a, a reasonable analysis of the gray and middle real time, real -time measurement. Your, exactly. yeah yeah analyzing the tone so for organizations who have relied on that a lot in the past taking the call recordings and pushing those through the ai sentiment analysis models is going to be a great way of getting that real-time feedback on how not only individual agents are performing but how the organization is going overall you can imagine a scenario where you switch from high level net promoter scores just at the end of an experience to granular sentiment promoter scores within the experience so okay you're onboarding 
exactly how likely is someone to churn or drop out based on like how well that experience went so far isn't it right, right? and which part of the experience they're pleased with versus displeased with and it's not mm. necessarily a reflection on the staff it's a reflection on the process is it's... it hard to understand is the readability of the language too hard they seem right. to like they're, they're talking quickly then suddenly they drop at interest and you, you the ability and the thing is like with this kind of like analytics on top of this it doesn't even need to be a person if you create the right filter you can filter your you know, your recordings, your text, your whatever it is through these things, isn't it, right? So you almost have like a kind of AI agent, which is able to analyze and have everything on it. I mean, I was talking with building on your idea, like I was talking with someone in financial services and they, and also in someone in dentistry, and it's the same conversation because professional services is human to human. So your variance is going to be based on how you talk. Right. So what you say, the ideas you say, how what order you say them in and what you propose completely changes the dynamic and the size of the transaction and the acceptability and everything. So he's very experienced and he's like been doing it for like many years. And so he's got his own language and patterns and everything like this. And I was explaining that, like, if we took that and we kind of like looked into like a knowledge graph and then also figured out, okay, like what are the core themes and ideas that you repeatedly use? What are the analogies you use? And then comparing that across different places to the recommendations you have versus another person and see, look at what they got. Then you can look at the kind of like the delta between those two, isn't it? Right. Right. And you can almost like then coach the other person about it. You're using the right language and how aligned are you to our company values and training? I mean, the opportunities for improvement and coaching, I think it changes training completely as well. Right. Like, uh, yeah, because you get in that not only the speed of the real-time feedback, but the organizational knowledge across a larger set that would be difficult to do at a person-to-person level. The I'm thinking like some practical examples at the individual business level. So we use, have done for years, and I never really thought about it as an AI technology, but I guess it is to a certain degree. So Text Expander is a tool on the Mac mm-hmm. that just expands little short snippets, but there's a Teams version, so you can use the same language across multiple people. So organizationally, we would have used it in the past of coming up with the term of phrase that we wanted for a particular situation. Our business is, uh, we help people, we're a marketing company, we help people write books. So we've got, depending on what people ask in those early stages, we've been doing it for 10 years. So we've got some pretty standard replies. Using Text Expander as a team tool just makes that consistency across the board. But now, there's a situation where we can look at the sentiment analysis of how people are responding to those conversations because inevitably an email turns into a conversation that call can be recorded. So we've got the opportunity to look again now at the language that we're using and thinking, okay, well, not only did we pick one version that we thought was good, we can now get the feedback based on what the sentiment is around. Actual, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the key. That's the key thing. Like it, because communication is, the meaning of communication is not what you transmitted. It's what was received, isn't it? Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and so in that situation, like I had a call today where I was talking to someone about something and I used a particular framework to describe it. And to me, that sounded clear, but to that person, they said, so you mean this? And I was like, no, I don't mean that. You understand? You know, right. like, uh, and then I was like, okay, I need to like, that phrasing has too many hooks attached to it. Right. So I need yeah. to like figure out a new thing. So what, are, but all these things, you know, like across sales conversations, across training, you know, there's people that are doing it right already. And the question is like, how do you use that to get other people to do that? Because ultimately every employee wants to be successful, right? They want to win their game, isn't it? Right. Like, but they just don't know how to make what to do really, isn't it? Right. If the tools will provide 
And, and this actually bridges into the topic of the threat versus the opportunity. So we should probably touch on that in a second. But it provides the opportunity. It's an augmented reality going forward. It's not none of the tools today, at least none of the tools today can take a plain text instruction and go and take over the world. No, it's not about it's that. the Lego blocks of building things together. So for the business owners and employees who want to advance and excel, the opportunity to take some of this big system learning or big system analysis, that it would just be very impractical for them to get themselves. So yeah. for the employee who has an opportunity to do something better, they can either be annoyed at it and think of the robots as controlling what they do, or they can say, oh, you know what? That is something that I wouldn't have got to. We're, this, we're kind of the same age. Like, so you, so you remember aliens, right? Like, uh, you know, like uh, the, yeah. you remember when Sigourney Weaver had to fight the big alien goes in that big, mm, you know, like that, that big, yeah, that big mech suit basically. Yeah. So, that, so, so it's still got four, two arms and two legs. Right. But through that, she, her actions have like leverage to the nth degree. So she can then lift things much more power, but much more heavy move things. So it's an amplifier. So Basically, AI is a cognitive amplifier. So the question is, what do you want to amplify, right? Like, you know, like, and that's where it comes into the experience design, like basically like process design, what's going on in your workflow right now? What can be cognified? What can be made cheaper? What can be made better? All that kind of stuff, isn't it? And I really like this book by Augmented because he really paints a nice picture in a way to think about it, which then going back over it, you can then start to see where things are going because Really, you have to have a vision for your company as an augmented organization because there'll be two levels now. There'll be augmented and then there'll be basically the equivalent of no electricity and offline, like <laughs> like, 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 kind of, isn't it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Because no business exists in a vacuum and everyone has competitors. And if you don't have choices. competitors today, you're almost certainly going to have them tomorrow and they're going to be using the tools. I was watching a YouTube video over the weekend. For some reason, I'm not a, I'm not that much of a car guy, but there's a couple of car building channels that I watch for some reason. Oh. Um, so the guy there was historically a, a derby car racer, like a demolition derby. So he was talking about a car there and said, "Oh, we're going to do some stuff, and we're going to be close to the line." He said, "I always was. I was told once, or I always used to think that if you get to the check-in point of a derby race and the marshals just let you straight in." you've got a problem because everyone else they've been sent back because they need to take away some of the modifications because everyone else is pushing the limits and trying to take every advantage that they can. So if yes. you turn up and just waltz in and the marshal say, Oh yeah, that's fine. You're underprepared. Yeah, exactly. Underprepared. And everyone else in the playing field is yeah. going to come and hit and harder. And that's a little bit, that's why I think this is a great opportunity for people to revisit the book now, because reading it originally, and actually, it was funny you when do, I was do those things. Then you could just no. think about it, right? When I was googling for a link to the book to make sure that we had some resources for people afterwards, the second or third result is the actual book page itself. But it's augmented colon by futurist Brett King and life in the smart lane. I love that one. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which actually, that's a nice amplifying subheading as well. But the fact that futurist is up there front and center in 2016 kind of sets yeah. the agenda for the book. This is a great futurist view of what's coming up right. today. It's, historian. 
Yeah, it's what you need to be doing. This was the view in the past, but this is what you need to be doing now because the rocket ship, like you say, the rocket ship is taken off and other people are going to be coming to the party with different tools and different expectations. The four frameworks that we were talking about within the book are the four ideas, those the fact that AI exists and it's an opportunity, the experience design, the smart infrastructure, and the health tech. I guess health tech to a little bit is, unless you're in that industry, I don't know how, as, a, as an individual, as a person, it's super interesting. As a business owner, unless you're in that Yeah, situation. unless you're in the health bit, like and you're using different things, you're not going to be doing it. But I mean, for example, there's so many things that can be done with chronic disease management. You know, you look at how different things are with wearables, with ring, with like non-wearable wearables, like even like you and me talking on camera right now, and you, we could actually extract outside the visible framework of the colors that we can see, I could take my pulse rate, my blood pressure, my articulation and Parkinson screening, all that stuff can be done from it. Right. You know, so that's health right. tech. But if you're looking at like infrastructure, 100%, right? like yeah. fridge, your fridge could tell you so much about what's going on or your buildings, right. You know, like how are people using the building? Are they in this part of the shopping center or not? What trends, what other opportunities to kind of improve you know, like maybe even you can have dynamically yeah. responding buildings in some way. I don't know. You understand, you know, like... Uh, I think the infrastructure framework, so the way that I was looking at when looking back again at the kind of summary that I had previously from the book, this idea of infrastructure opens up a whole new dimension as well, because historically I would probably have thought about infrastructure as like lighting and water and the actual building and office itself. Yeah. We're uh, online company, our staff are remote. We don't have office space where people come into. So it might have been one that previously would have dismissed. But since 2016, so we use Zapier as a middleware yeah. tool that glues together everything, have done probably since, I mean, actually so maybe we were using it back then, but thinking about it in a different way now. So thinking of that as the infrastructure of the business. So going back to your Lego blocks analogy. Digital dominoes now, isn't it, Stuart, right? right. Which way do you want the dominoes to fall down? Where, yeah. How far do you want them to go? Yeah, and the connective bits that stick them together. So it's almost like maybe not dominoes, but what was that game that you had as a kid that was, it wasn't mousetrap, but there was like layers of track, like a car track, but it had dominoes on it and you would like set them up. I think it was maybe like mousetrap or something like that. But anyway. Mousetrap, yeah, so it was mousetrap. Yeah. The trap. The, and then the trap comes down like the yellow yeah, one. Basically. And it had, there was one section of it that had the dominoes on it, but yes. you connected the tracks together. So I'm almost thinking about it like that. It's that connectivity. The infrastructure becomes the connectivity of the different blocks because generative ai out. is now a connected tool because before you'd have human to it, computer interface by a keyboard right? right now you can have voice walking talking you can have direct interface in that way you can have an ai agent which sounds irish sounds japanese sounds regional yorkshire you know like yeah. you know I, I won't do the accent but like you know like, <laughs> it, 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 and and it's like locally relevant so right. i think the, the biggest opportunity is to make it invisible technology you know yeah. like so it's in a non-tech setting, like on a phone call or this or that, but it's technology that it becomes the glue, you know, and then you've got yeah. the AZPs and everything like that, which kind of goes through there, basically. So I think looking back at the book now, each of the elements, and health tech is the one that's the least ring presses any buzzers for me because I feel the least connected to it. Sure. But I'm sure there are elements that would make sense. But revisiting it in a 2023 framework and instead of thinking about it as, oh, this one might be something interesting in the future, thinking about it, okay, today, this really is going to make a difference in the next Someone's short gonna do it. period of time. Yeah. And the if 
I'm not looking at it than my competitors are, it really gives another opportunity to dig out something that you've maybe read in the past, revisit it through this frame. And even if, as we're talking in April, there aren't some immediate things that spring to mind, come. having the framework, yeah, having the framework there happening. and regularly checking back in, it we're is going to... We're on maybe floor 50 now, right? Give it a right. few minutes and we'll be on floor 150. You understand? <laughs> like, you know, so, so, so the question is, like, if you know right now, okay, this idea kicks in at floor 622, ain't going to be that long. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think this as we good... were talking about it, we were going through and or as we were talking about getting the show, I was putting some notes together and thinking about whatever has been the holding back point from the last few years. Now is the time just to exactly now is the time to write down, revisit what that was and have it on that post-it note next yeah. to your computer because constraint before it's not a constraint now, isn't it? Right. No. no. And if so, it is today, then it won't be tomorrow. So exactly. don't just I think, I think this is really exciting catch up, Stuart. I think like we're going to be going through other frameworks and other business books that are there. So we're always keen to hear from you know, people like what they would actually like to kind of look through and kind of go from there. Where can people kind of find out more? Yeah. So this is the augmented ideas show. So head over to augmentedideas.show as the URL. We are going to, I mean, talk about moving fast. We were, it's Monday morning. Well, for me, it's Monday morning. We were talking about this on Friday and we just wanted to hit the ground and get it out there. So I'm pretty sure we're going to put this on YouTube. There's going to be a podcast feed, the website, obviously. So augmentedideas.show is the main bit. What I would give people as homework, and again, this was your idea from starting off last week, what I'd give people as homework for next week, there's an all-in podcast episode that talks about the acceleration of this a lot. It's episode 124. So as a kind of primer for the speed of things working, I'd give people that as homework to check in on and then listen in to next time and, and we'll check out that next framework. Amazing. Well, this is Stuart. It's been a real pleasure and a massive dose of stimulation. So I really appreciated it. Perfect. No, well, thanks for the idea. I'm glad that we jumped back on board and excited for the next one too. Now is not the time for fear. That comes later.